0: Good morning, church. All right, we're ready to go. I like that. Micah, if you're wondering where those amens were coming from, that would be the Harold Boatwright. Uh, my mom and dad are here. I had to bring my own hype crew, just in, just in case you guys weren't ready to, to roll with me. Uh, it feels kind of like that third. I haven't been in this situation since, like, my third grade recital. So uh, here we go. Uh, If we haven't met again, I am Patrick Boatwright. I'm pastor at Oaks Church, Brooklyn, and we are a neighborhood church in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And I would say we are placed at the intersection of the charismatic and contemplative, which essentially means that we try to live ordered and considered lives that the Holy Spirit can come mess up. Um, And so I'm excited to be with you all today, uh, particularly as you are moving away from the lectionary for a moment and moving into the spiritual disciplines. Last week, Jenny talked to you about fasting. Today, I get the chance to talk about prayer, one of my favorite things. It is the cornerstone of our community. It is how we move and act and see and, and be in the world. Uh, and so I think I went a little long on the first service, so uh, I'm going to try to keep it, keep it tight so the little ones don't revolt. Um, But I get excited. So uh, I'm just going to say one last disclaimer. Uh, In my church and how we roll, I have to remind them always that this doesn't happen to you or for you. It happens with you and through you. So I'm going to need you to participate today. Can you do that? Are you with me? All right, here we go. Well, then let's get started with a simple question. We're talking about prayer today. And I wonder for you all, what is prayer for? There's no wrong answer. I'm just curious, how would you answer that question? What is prayer for? Listening. Listening. Having a conversation with God, God. love it. Looking for help to be a better person. Yeah, thank you. A couple more. You don't got to raise your hand. Eternal healing. One more. Honesty. Honesty. Mm, I like all those. Those are all right. As I told the first service, those who answered can leave. The rest of y'all need to stay with me. (laughs) Everything you said was correct, and then some, and I hope that you'll hear a little bit of that and what we go through today. But my hope was not to talk at you about prayer, but to talk with you and through you that we would practice some prayer. Is that okay with you? Well, I want to start here. When we talk about prayer, how I would answer that question is in three ways. The first of this is which I believe that prayer is for our bodies. Prayer is for our bodies. We don't often deal with that much in these settings. We come in and we listen, but do you not know that God wants a conversation with your being? And so one of the ways that we can engage that is through a practice called breath prayer. It originated in the third century through the desert mothers and fathers. If you don't know, this was when Christianity, when cosmopolitan Constantine made it the official uh, religion of Rome. And so all those who were being persecuted were now uh, being glorified. And so some of them moved out to the desert, sold everything that they had so that they could know what it meant to be low. And in that asceticism, they started to ask themselves, how do they respond to the letter of Paul to the Thessalonians who encouraged them to pray without ceasing? And so they, they started this practice of breath prayer. Right. Breath is so autonomic. We don't think about it until we need to. Uh, but it is essential to life. Do you know? That every principality and power, every system and every organization that exists in this world is founded on the inhale and exhale of people. And so what would it look like to partner our breath with our prayer? So it's a simple practice. There's a famous breath prayer. It's called the Jesus Prayer. You may have heard it. It simply is this, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. And how it works is that, as typically with breath prayer, as we as we inhale, we are inhaling some some character, some name of God, Jesus, Son of God, Jesus, my provider, and then as we exhale, we're giving out a petition, a dec- a declaration, a need, and so we can partner that in many different ways. But for today, I just thought that we would. Uh, do a simple breath prayer around these two phrases. First is Jesus, our perfecter. As the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus is the perfecter of our faith. And so as we try to grow, may he lead us in that. Secondly, Psalm 25, the psalmist says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths, guide me in your truth. And teach me for you are the God, my savior, and my hope is in you all day long. I hope that would be our confession. So we're going to practice a little breath prayer with these two phrases. You with me? So here's how we're going to do it. I'm asking you to just put your feet on the ground. You're going to come into awareness. Maybe you need to close your eyes. Maybe you need to give a soft gaze. But as you're able, I'm just going to invite you to take notice to your body. What is it saying to you this morning? When's the last time you listened to it? Maybe we'll start with our hands and our feet, feeling the ground underneath us, placing us in space and time, and our hands and all the things they've held. And then we're gonna take our attention and just move it from our extremities towards the center of our being. I wonder if you can hear your heart. Would you give consideration to your breath? How it sustains you? And with your attention, would you bring your intention? And would you start to breathe in and out? In and out. The power of breath is so wonderful. And let's take the power of prayer and marry the two. And so as you breathe in, you can say it in your mind or you can speak it aloud. But as we breathe in, Jesus, our perfecter. And as you exhale, show me your way. Inhale, Jesus, our Perfector. And as you exhale, show me your way. Jesus, our Perfector. show me your way. Some of you, this is the moment where you're feeling real weird. That's okay. I'm going to ask you to just lean in and give it a try. As you breathe in, Jesus, our perfecter, as you breathe out, show me your way. Jesus, our perfecter, show me your way. And as you're able, I'm gonna invite you to bring your presence back into this space and place. Some of you are like, I don't got no kids. I'm just gonna stay here for a second if you don't mind. I understand, I understand. Let's bring ourselves back. How was it? Who was this new for? What'd you think? Do it. Two thumbs up. Who was this old for? How was it? Two thumbs up. (laughs) I'll take it, I'll take it. I live in Brooklyn, as you can imagine, as you see on TV, it's kind of a busy place. And in the midst of all that chaos, it is helpful to remember that prayer is for our bodies, so we often just use this breath prayer to center us and to bring us into the awareness of God. Your city may not be as busy, though I've seen this traffic, but maybe you need it in those work meetings. The great thing about breathing, nobody needs to know you're doing it. So what does it look like for us to practice our breath prayer? Now the beautiful thing is prayers aren't just for our bodies. But prayer is also for our minds. Now, I'm sure you are aware of that. Usually that's how we operate in the space. You come in, I give you a word, you write down your notes, and you go and consider, and you think about what changes you may need to make in your life or how you're doing okay. But when I talk about prayer being for our minds, I'm talking about something much deeper than that. I'm actually talking about our imagination. Uh, no to my parents, but I was 30 when I knew I could bring my imagination into church. Because uh, when I was little, that was a lot of daydreaming and I needed to pay attention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now, what I've learned to marry the two, we're going to bring our attention but we're also going to bring our imagination. St. Ignatius actually believed that our, our, our imaginations were central to hearing from the Lord and that we could use our imaginations to go into the gospel stories and to place ourselves within the text to allow ourselves to be enveloped by the scriptures so that they then can speak to us in ways we can't just access academically. And so we allow the spirit to speak in and through our hearts and to see what arises. And so we're going to practice that. And here's how we're going to do that. In a second, I'm going to read our teaching text for the day. We're going to read through it twice. And on this first time, here's what I want you to do. I don't know if any of you, probably seen The Chosen, so you're kind of primed for this, okay? You're going to, you're going to use your imagination to enter the scene and to place yourself among the people. And I want you to think about this first listen about the sights and the sounds and the smells. What was this place like? How would you move in this story? Where would you be? And then we'll go from there. Feel free to close your eyes if that helps you. Our text today comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 32, where Luke writes, now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. The one of them whose name was Cleopas answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us. This is the word of the Lord. We're gonna go through that one more time. And this time, I want you to allow yourself to just zoom in on a moment that captures you. You don't have to worry about the whole story, but if there was a place that that gripped you, maybe it was the breaking of the bread, Maybe it's to walking with a stranger. Whatever it is, I want to allow yourself to dig deep and to listen and open up. See what the Holy Spirit may be speaking, getting through that moment. How would you react in that space? Would you have invited this stranger to your home? So we're gonna read it again and I'm allow your imagination to wander. The smallest detail, the largest, gives no matter. And then we'll come back together. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, saying, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and they told us that they had not. Uh, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Now, some of us, those who were with us, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. So I wonder, I'm curious, what came up for you as you let your mind wander? He responds to our invitation. Mm. Thank goodness. Thank you. Yeah, couldn't see him. How many times have I... Been so oblivious to his presence. He always meets us. Just a closer walk with thee. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Anybody else? Say that again. And Jesus, Jesus' scripture comes to life. Won't he do it? Yeah. Did our hearts not burn? So one last person. what you? What came up for you? We'll we'll do two. You you go, and then I'm gonna finish with you. I got you. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh yeah, he was like, I'm a... yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, oh, I'm gonna pay for it. And he's like, no, come on, do it. I got you. Yeah, I love it. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. She said, Jesus didn't assume their experience, but he listened, Isaiah 65, 24. Before they call, I will answer, and yet while they're still speaking, I will listen. I think my son wished that was true of me. (laughs) For me in this moment doing this with y'all. I'm too taken to this, this hosting Jesus and realizing you're being hosted. Who gets to break the bread? Why is he breaking the bread? He's the guest. And I think as I think about prayer, I have found that to be so true, and it's illuminated for me. I think this is for him, I'm doing this for him, I'm gonna talk to him, and it turns out the whole time he's actually been hosting me. I know that my heart would burn as he makes his truth alive. Prayers for our minds, prayers for our bodies, Lastly, prayer is for our hearts. And I do mean our hearts. Acts 4.32, it writes that, now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, right? Jesus says, how will they know you are my disciples? By your love, this one heart. In Luke chapter 11, uh, the, the, the disciples have been walking with the rabbi who knows everything. And there's only one thing in recorded scripture that they ask of him that they have to know. Teach us to pray. Of all the things you would ask Jesus, I mean, this guy turned water into wine. That would be pretty handy. (laughs) Teach us how to pray. I think they saw that this was the source of everything he was doing. And I find it interesting that when Jesus teaches him how to pray, he begins, as we learn in Matthew and in the scriptures, our Father. And the entire prayer is a communal prayer. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation. I believe that prayer is individually communal. We each have access to the throne and the ear of God, and yet we do so in consideration that we are not alone, but we are one. I go on behalf of you. The, the, the scriptures say the spirit groans and intercedes on behalf of me. So how do we pray together in this manner? I figured we'd just pray for each other. What do you think about that? Here's what I'd like us to do. On the screen is a little prompt. Some of you, you're ready to go. Namely, my mother and father, they are prayer warriors, I would say. If you could, I would scoot close. Um, (laughs) They are ready to anoint you in prayer. For others of you, this is the most terrifying thing that has happened this week, and I understand. I've come prepared to help you out. Okay, so up here is uh, Galatians 5, through 23, where Paul gives the fruit of the Spirit, right? These are the things that come when we have intimacy with, with Jesus. And then he says, against these things, there is no law. So you can't get enough of them, right? And so what we're gonna do, if you don't know how to pray for someone, I've given you a little prompt. What you're gonna do in a second is you're gonna look at them and you're gonna get their name. And then you're just gonna follow this prompt, Father, Son, Spirit, I pray for Jenny, would this week, that Jenny this week would know more of the, and I want you to take a second. Before you dive into this prayer, I want you just take a second to listen and to see which of these the Spirit would present to you for them. Would you say that they would know more of the gentleness you provide and share it freely with others? It's that simple. So you can use this template, or if you're, you're, if you're ready to just blaze a trail, Godspeed. I'm ready for you. Would you stand with me? I wanted to give you these practices in the hope that they would carry forward with you. That you would be able to enter into deeper conversation with God and one another. And that through that, your hearts would burn and come alive in his presence. So would you just find someone? And would you now just pray with them? And in a second, Jenny will come and dismiss us.